download from BBC Asian Network. For more downloads, log on to the BBC Asian Network website. Rajan Pablo. Hello, Bollywood babes. Welcome to another action-packed Rajan Pablo podcast. This week, in addition to all the hottest Bollywood gossip and the latest interviews, we are talking Bollywood body image. We'll be digging beneath the glittery surface of Bollywood to investigate image and the diversity of Bollywood actors and actresses. We explore stereotypes, ageism and the pressures both those on the screen and their audiences face. Crammed into our podcast this week, Friend of the show and international blogger Miss Melanie will give us her opinions on the pressure she's noticed in Bollywood media. Choreographer Ganesh Acharya is starring in hot new film Hey Bro and we spoke to him live to discuss his new role and who inspires his body confidence. And of course, Salila Charya brings us the hottest gossip from Mumbai and believe us, nothing gets past him. Lilette Doobie gives us the lowdown on her new play, Boiled Beans on Toast, a comic drama set in Bangalore, and tells us what it was like starring alongside Hollywood royalty Richard Gere and Dame Judi Dench. And of course, we'll be getting Lilette's opinion on Bollywood body image too. Can older women be sexy? She tells us direct. Now, there's been legal dramas and glamorous parties in Mumbai this week, and one man who's seen and heard it all is Salil Acharya. He tells us everything now. Happy Holy, guys, and I'm great. I hope you guys had a good one. We did indeed. We didn't really celebrate it here this year. Mine was a rather low-key celebration anyway. I find uh, the wastage of water, you know, the use of a lot of colour, more wasteful, but I did eat a lot. I got a lot of sweets, so I think that was my larger celebration. Yeah, I kind of did a bit of that myself. Mm. Uh, But let's get on with the gospel. Um, Anushka Sharma, now she has actually won um, a case against the censor board. Yes, actually, you know, this this, uh, NH10 case has been going on for a long time. And anyway, for the last month or two, the censor board has been acting funny, as we all know. Uh, so they apparently had a big problem with the film. Uh, they asked for some cuts and then they said they wanted four words cut out of the film. And she said, look, I've agreed to all your cuts, but I will not, because she is the producer of the movie, I will not agree to this last uh, statement of the four cuts words, because this list that you've chosen, the censor board come out with a new list that could be allowed and could be allowed, hasn't been passed by the high court. And in India, it's uh, a matter of uh, pending in court. And so uh, she wasn't getting the sender certificate, you know, and this happened only day before at 11.30 in the night where she just refused to relent. And I think she's one of those uh, substance women, yeah, and she's, she won the case against the censor board and she threatened him with dire consequences of the high court that if you don't pass my film, I will take you to high court and you will probably be put behind bars for uh, trying to bully me and badger me. And she won the case. So I think it's brilliant stuff. And next week, the film's releasing without the cuts that the censor board wanted, only with a few mandatory cuts. So she's won. Good for Anushka. Well done. Now, what's all this about Govinda doing a remake of Gods Must Be Crazy? Yes, there's a remake of Gods Must Be Crazy. And the original one had a Coca-Cola bottle. This one has a mobile phone. And he's playing Rahim in the movie. Uh, which is, who is the big uh, gangster. Mm-hmm. Although he's got his reservation about wanting to play a gangster, but uh, there's an entire remake that's going to be made, probably two of them. And uh, this one starts shooting, I think, in a couple of months from now. So I met the producer of the movie. He's very excited. Uh, Govinda's managed to come on board. I hear Vijay Raz is also there. They want to get Ilfan Khan also. But I think that was probably too expensive. But uh, Govinda has agreed to do the movie, which is a big deal because 
he's become very superstitious. After his last couple of films haven't worked, Happy Ending and Kill Bill, again he feels that world is conspiring against him. So he's finally chosen this movie. Let's let's see if he does it. Yeah, uh, sticking with Govinda, uh, let's bring Ritik into the mix here as well. Um, this, what, what, what's going on with all these yes men around them? You know, it's so strange. Perhaps the most good-looking man in the world. I'm not just saying in India. Uh, he surrounds himself with a doctor who keeps telling him how brilliant he is and how good-looking he is. You know, in the old days, when you had a chamcha, uh, you know, as, uh, with the, the older actors, who after every shot would say, Sir, what a shot, what a shot, what a shot. Rithik Roshan Abhaini has that now. You know, where this guy keeps saying, Oh, wow, sir, you look amazing. Oh, sir, the mirror will crack. And that's how Rithik Roshan has become. He's become a little bit insecure, one can say, looks. Govinda also has a similar guy. He has somebody around him all the time. When Govinda walked and said, that guy goes, sir, kya chaal hai aapki? When he gives a shot, he goes, sir, kya shot diya hai aapne? And when he comes out, he goes, sir, you are the best in this movie. So, uh, <laughs> it's a little bit of a mix of the old and the new, but everybody else on the set is having a hilarious time. But Salil, that's why, you know, I've got Pablo. Yeah. <laughs> and I never say anything to him. Um, now, we were slightly worried about her, Sonam, but she has been discharged from hospital now. Um, and Jacqueline, apparently, they're, they're good friends. She was visiting her in hospital too. I think that's a really big deal. You know, I have people who wanted to stay away, A, because of swine flu being uh, all over. Uh, you know, everyone was a little scared about it. Even Salman Bhai uh, was very scared about it. And Jacqueline is really best, best friends with her. She went straight to meet her. I just wore that mask, I agree. But, you know, she's an actress. She also fallen ill. But no, she went over there. And I think when you're unwell and when you're sick is when you get to know who your true friends are. Mm-hmm. Who are ready to come to you, even if you have the flu or something. So I'm really happy this new friendship is not just for selfies or, you know, just for the world. They truly do uh, really like each other. So he's been hot property in Bollywood for a long time, choreographing some of the most successful films over the past decade. But now he's moving over to acting in front of the screen. So we spoke to Ganesh Acharya to find out more about the exciting project of his new film, Hey Bro. Ganesh, welcome to the Rajan Pablo Show. First of all, congratulations on Hey Bro. Thank you. Thank you, Pablo. Thank you. Um, and so, firstly, um, we didn't get to watch the movie here. Um, tell us a bit about Hey Bro. I think so. This next Friday is released. Really, really. uh, will, will, will we be able to get it in the UK then? Yeah, of course. Okay. Well, don't don't give then don't tell us don't give away the whole plot. Just give us a bit of a spoiler for the movie. Tell us um, what we can look forward to. Uh, hey Bro, Hey Bro is uh, about the twins. One is me, like uh, 200 kg, uh-huh. and one is my brother, 70-80 kg, uh-huh. and we are, uh, they have tagline, Jurwa with the twist. That is the main Okay, Jurwa with the twist. Ooh, looking yeah. forward to that. Now, the songs have been really, really popular, especially Mr. DJ. Um, how do you feel yeah. about the music? Yeah, it's, DJ song is already popular, and one more song is Bill Ju. Uh-huh. Two sing- three songs, basically. My three songs, uh, Charge Buster, uh, already hit, and I'm very happy about that. And you know, in Bir- Birju, DJ, and Nachmeri Bulbul. And you know, with, in Birju, you managed to get Amitabh Bachchan, Akshay Kumar, Rithik Roshan, Ajay Devgan, Ranveer Singh, and Prabhu Deva. How did that all come about? 
Music is they love me so much. I'm last working last twenty five years. Uh-huh. So just I call Amit Ji and Akshay. Akshay is very good friend. My Akshay and Ajay Devgan, Ritik Roshan and Ranveer Singh from Odia. I'm doing one film. Hey bro, and there's the one song. I want all to be one little bit just as my song. So they just give me one date and we shoot the song. Um, Ganesh, I mean, obviously we've got to touch on the um, choreographing as well. When you're working with people like Ranveer Singh, Rithik Roshan, all those people we see on screen that are great dancers, do you kind of go, I have to think of some other great moves that they haven't done before, or do you get nervous working with them? No, no, not at all, not at all. <laughs> I'm very, because uh, I'm very confident about my work and everything. But a uh, little bit nervous about Amit Ji because he's legend, and you know, that He's front of you, what talk or not. That is important. That I'm not nervous. I'm very confident. Um, and also, uh, Ganesh, you've been an uh, inspiration to many. I mean, uh, you know, we've been talking today on the show about Bollywood and the pressures of Bollywood in terms of how you look and the stereotypes. You've kind of broken a mold. You've shown the world that it doesn't matter how you look. You can do anything. What, what has your inspiration been? Mm, it's my mom. I think my mother. Uh-huh. I have everything. My mother is my impression and everything because uh, my mother is with me. I'm not uh, looking unclean. I'm fat. I'm big. I'm small. I'm black and white. That is not important. For me, it's very important. I'm working. I'm working last 24 years in choreography. I'm doing dancing. And this time I'm going to acting in Hebrew. That's very important. Well, Ganesh, you're an inspiration to all of us. Thank you very much for talking to Rajan Pablo here on the BBC Asian Network. What a lovely guy. It's not just the world of film Bollywood stars are dominating, they grace the stage too. The wonderful Lillette Doobie told us about her staggering amount of exciting new projects and how she thinks age is represented in Bollywood. Hi, Lillette. Welcome to the Raj and Pablo show at the BBC Asian Network. Thank you so much for that wonderful uh, introduction. I should have taped it and kept it. I <laughs> will send it to you, lovely. How are you? Very well. I've been in London now for almost almost three weeks. Um, and and <laughs> I've been enjoying myself on every front, lots of work as well as a little shopping, a little travelling around. Oh, well, we definitely... Why, why haven't we gone for dinner yet? <laughs> um, now, let's talk about um, boiled beans on toast. Just yes. um, for those people who don't know, just give us um, a bit of an idea what the play's about. Yes, first I'm going to give you a heads up on what the title means because everyone's utterly confused and finds it very quirky and, uh, and a slightly odd title. Well, it comes from, um, from, it's based on a myth that in the 11th century there was a king who was looking, who was battle weary, looking for food. He was hungry, thirsty, landed up in a forest where there was an old lady and uh, he asked her for food and she said, Sire, all I have is boiled beans. So she said, Well, give that to me. And he dubbed the place the place of boiled beans, which is the original title of Bangalore. It's in in, in uh, Canada, it is Bendakalaru, the place of boiled beans. And so Girish's take is that it's now got all this globalization and it's, it's, it's this huge IT hub. And so it's the boiled beans, but also the toast, which is a Western import. Mm. And it's, uh, it's the, these cultures, different cultures, the old, the new, which is very typical of India, you know. So it's the story of an exploding urban metropolis and these characters, all from different uh, classes, from the working class and from the lower, uh, from the sort of middle 
lower middle class, upper classes, the very rich, all living together, their aspirations, their dreams, their struggles, their survivals. But through all that, which have, and they're all fascinating characters, he also explores things like urban migration. You know, there's a lot of people who moved into the cities which are bursting now. Mm. The environment, how it's getting destroyed, the aspirations of people which are which are uh, and what progress means to some it means uh, you know highways and and flyovers and all this and a lot of cement and concrete and that's wonderful and while other people are bemoaning the the you know the it was a lovely garden city Bangalore you know mm. and it's absolutely different now so the changing face of India the changing times. Um, and very interesting, very, very interesting characters who all collide and then, you know, impact each other and then move on and things like that. So it's, um, it's a very contemporary play. And, you know, Mr. Karnad is a very intelligent, insightful Indeed. man with a great sense of tongue-in-cheek humor. So it's, it's been doing really well. And it's nice to see a play that's about modern India, you know, what India is like right now. So, Lillette, I mean, in your opinion, what do you leave um, the play uh, kind of um, not knowing that you did, something that you didn't know before, but after watching this, you feel a bit educated? Well, you know, it's not really about, I never do plays, people say, you know, aapke play mein, what is the message? Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, I don't do plays for messages. It's it's the content itself. It makes you think about India today. It thinks about many themes which are not sort of in your face, but they're all there. Uh, you know, several themes. Uh, and, and it's about, uh, for me, you know, it'll be after about 10 years, this play will be an important play because it's a record of our times. You know, when you look back, mm. this is what a big... Uh, exploding um, sort of big city was like mm. ten years ago, circa 2015, and all its in its all its problems, its um, fascinating um, sort of uh, aspirations, and it's it's like a it's like a picture, a portrait of that time. And, and the I, characters are very modern. I mean, the right. grandmother is she comes from a small town, but she hits Bangalore and she gets this addiction for horse racing and gambling. And she goes crazy, completely crazy, selling all her jewelry. <laughs> and and uh, there's a young boy who belongs to a very, very wealthy family. Father's, you know, sort of chairman of some big right. company, and he wants to be a, a rock band player. So it's it's stories of us as we are today. So the cultural is there. The, I mean, the traditional is there. That also comes through. And then there's the the working class with their aspirations and their politics and their intrigues. And so it's it's just a fascinating study of of you know, human beings as well as the times that we live in. Darling, there seems to be no stopping you. First of all, you're romancing Richard Gere and Marigold. You're on Channel 4's Indian and Summers. Right, he's romancing me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So what was the experience like? Oh, he's a lovely, lovely guy. He's firstly, he's so down to earth. And, you know, you keep telling yourself, you know, I'm I'm sitting and chatting and shooting the breeze with this guy who's like a superstar because he just doesn't have any airs. He's got a great sense of humor. He's extremely warm as a person. You know, he's a Buddhist and he knows Uh so much about India. So we could talk about all so many things. And um, and of course, he's terribly charming. He makes every woman feel like she is, you know, like a million bucks. Which you are. (laughs) <laughs> Which you are. Uh, and he's he's generally a very, I don't know how to put it, a very affectionate sort of person. And because of the Buddhism, he has this lovely calm quality. 
And I love people who laugh a lot. Uh-huh. He laughs a lot. He laughed at all my silly jokes, <laughs> which, is, which is the way to a woman's heart. <laughs> <laughs> now, I have to ask you, right, you know, like for a lot of Bollywood fans, right, they saw you in Kalho Naho when you were, like, you know, trying to seduce Shah Rukh Khan. Who do you prefer? No, not Shah Rukh Khan. Uh, Saif Ali Khan. Yeah. And who did you prefer? In the movie? Yes. Or otherwise? Oh, right. <laughs> both. See, I've known both of them since they were very young. Uh, Shah Rukh was part of a theatre company that was not mine. I started my own after he came to Bollywood. Indeed. But um, he did two plays with me. I mean, with me means we acted together in these right. plays. So I've known him since he was 18. No, we didn't know yes. that. And Seth as well. I've known, uh, I knew his parents. Uh, I used to play bridge with his parents. And in fact, in that scene, it was very funny because he kept saying uh, a GG to me. <laughs> you know, I have to do this seduction scene. You know, obviously, he's younger than me, much younger. I mean, his parents are much older, but I'm sort of in between. And I said, how can I do this to you? <laughs> you know, if you're going to keep saying GG to me all the time. Uh, but stop saying that. <laughs> uh, yeah, Lynette, talking about characters like that, I mean, uh, we've been today on the show, we've been um, uh, with our audience talking about about um, images in Bollywood. Yes. Um, now, I th- do you think there is a, um, a typecast for an older actress? Does an older woman have limited roles? Well, you see, I came free of any baggage. When, mm. when you've been a very... Let me first say one thing which I, I, which I want to say very mm. openly. And it's not just in Bollywood. It probably is somewhat there in Hollywood, but much less because you have the Susan Sarandon roles written for her, for Meryl Streep, etc., etc. Yeah. And here for Judy Dench, and in India, it's 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 been it's very clear to me that it's a highly strongly male-dominated industry, and not just for the male leads, even for the character parts, older character parts, side character parts, uh, middle-aged or much older. They're always written. You'll see there is a lot of work. Keep me out of the picture. You just look at it sort of objectively. The parts, are, strong parts, are always the ones that are the older male parts, like for Nasir or for Paresh or for Anupam or for Baman or for, you know, I can, mm. uh, Nana mm. Patekar, etc., etc. You will hardly ever find such parts for the, for the female um, actors. And I'm not talking about myself, I'm talking about those who've had a fabulous track record, mm. you know, the, the Dimples and the Rekhas and the Sri Devis. And I mean, after God knows how long Sri Devi came and did a film in English, English. So they're, they're hardly ever written. Hardly ever. So there is already a very strong bias, you know, towards mm, that. Mm. And the second thing that happens is all these fine ladies who are gorgeous and still, you know, looks, look very good and, uh, and are very talented, uh, because they were once very big superstars, they are very particular, uh, you know, naturally about the kind of work they want to do. Yeah. They don't want to do small roles. They don't want to do this. I think, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, now, I came free of all that. I entered Bollywood when I was past 40. Well, ca- and I, I came from the theater where we, we, we seek variety. We seek different kinds of roles. We want to do things which stretch us and, you know, all that. So when I came, I didn't want to go into any little, uh, you know, sort of draws labeled auntie, vamp, so there we touched on the pressures that women have in uh, Bollywood. Uh, let's talk a bit about sometimes how they feel like they need to resort to things like surgery. Um, do you agree with all that kind of stuff? No, personally, I don't. But I, I tell you, I don't have anything against people who uh, want to do anything. The only thing is, it, the danger of that is it never stops. 
because you keep trying to perfect yourself constantly. You see, one minute you feel your nose isn't okay. I come from a generation where we were very shameless. I, firstly, I, I, I had a mother who was drop-dead beautiful, and she never used any makeup, and she was just born beautiful. And we were all taught in my generation by my family that, you know, looks is something God's given you. You're not supposed to think much about it. Get on with your mm-hmm. life, do something with it, make something of yourself, use your talents. And beauty is just, if you have it of to some degree, well, that's fine. But you don't sit and start thinking about all that because it's nothing so important. And then I come into an industry where it is, it is worshipped. Indeed. Mm-hmm. So, Indeed. But, you know, the thing was when I was young, uh, um, you know, I have a big gaps in my teeth. And when I came to Bollywood, people said, oh, aren't you going to get these filled? I said, are you crazy now? After 40, I'm going to start getting my teeth fixed. <laughs> fine. I'm not going to do anything to my face. And it's either take it or lump it. I don't care. <laughs> and, uh, I'm, this is not my career. This is a career I just stumbled on. And um, I've done 40 films without having secretaries and managers or meeting a single director or producer. The book just came on and so on. And I, so I, I was young and I thought, you know, I look great as I am, you know. But I understand the pressures because it is, uh, it, it's, it's an industry that, that is constantly underlining beauty and youth. Constantly. It's not just beauty. It's youth also. How young do you look? Mm. People keep asking me and I say, look, I mean, I, I am very lazy. I don't do anything. So don't ask me. I'm the wrong person. I don't go to gyms. I don't go to, I don't do any treatments. I don't do any botoxes and I don't even know half these things. But I understand why they feel the need to do it. But at the same time, having said that, I think, you know, if you have enormous talent, it just shines through everything. You know, mm. it just takes over. So, if you don't have that kind of powerhouse talent, then, of course, it's a concern because then you're depending a lot on your looks and that's what's carrying you. And uh, uh, so what happens is that that they start with the nose and it's got to be the lips and then, you know, might as well contour the face. And so then there's no end to it. That's the scary part because you can just go on and on and on. And uh, where do you stop? Mm. And mm. then you have people, you know, or some people in the industry who've, who've had some major disasters when they've done stuff like that. I go on, name drop. Hmm? <laughs> name drop. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, I mean, everybody knows a couple of people who... I think we do, yes. yes indeed. Yeah, everybody knows those people. So I'm saying it's also a very scary thing for a young person to do. I mean, then you have to refix it again and all that. Anyway, mm. I, like I said, I'm such a lazy lump. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even... When Once I asked a, a surgeon and he said, you know, it'll take this, that, and you cut this and you take the scalp. Oh, no. back. I said, please, no. it's quite okay. <laughs> and, and, and also, how long can... And I'm talking about the, the lifts and all that. How uh-huh. long can they last? I mean, in 10 years, you'll have to start doing it again. Yeah, exactly. So it's just too much bother. I, I just couldn't care less. Uh, but I do understand where they come from. Of course I do. It's just that I feel that if they are already very good looking, then they should just stay with that instead of trying to, you know, look for such such like fine fine perfection, which is what they're all seeking. And that really isn't, that really, you know, becoming successful in Bollywood is a combination of enormous luck, kismat. Mm-hmm. You can, there's so many talented people, but why don't they make it? I mean, uh, you know, Nawazuddin Siddiqui wasn't a famous, uh, wasn't, didn't suddenly become a f- brilliant actor. He always was. Mm-hmm. It's a question of, uh, uh, you know, a tide in the affairs of men. Uh, darling, after, 
I have to ask, you know, in the sense, you know, how you, yeah, you've said Bollywood, but now you're known in the West as well. Hollywood is beckoning. And for that Channel 4 series, you know, people are now, a different audience is seeing you. Is that what you're aiming for now? Well, you know, I've always, uh, because, again, I said, because I'm from the theatre, you'll see even my film work uh, has been very varied. I mean, my first four films were completely different from each other. There was Zubeda, then there was Gadar, then there was Monsoon Wedding. Mm-hmm. And I've followed that kind of trajectory throughout. I don't, I, I mean, I do a small role in Lunchbox because I like the film so much, you know. Right. I want to be part of it. He was very keen and I said, okay, and see where it's landed. So... You know, I can do that, but I can also do a houseful. I can also do a My Brother Nikhil, which is which is a, which is a Hindi film, but it's mm-hmm. not like your mainstream commercial. No, we've watched because it. I love the project. Mm. I love what it had to say. So you know, I go with instinct. I've done I've done a Dutch film. I've done all kinds of odd pot. I'm going to be shooting for an Indo-Italian film in which again I play a cougar. Um, full on Google. <laughs> wow. So I said, okay, you know, before they stop asking me to do a Google, <laughs> this. <laughs> this. with this Italian guy who was the lead and all that. So I'm saying that I, um, I have a very different approach. But it, you're right, because for a long time, ever since Monsoon, I have also wanted very much because uh, I think I'm very lucky. I worked in English. I'm, I'm very... I mean, I'm, I'm very fluent and confident and, you know, sort of comfortable in English. Uh-huh. And um, I have the looks that, that can sort of, they're not very, very heavily, um, uh, you know, uh, Indian ethnic. Indeed. It could be something else also a little bit. So there's a little space to play around. And I've always wanted, actually, I've just been lazy again, ever since Monsoon happened, uh, to start looking for work outside. Right. Because it is my sensibility, very, very much. Mm. I really enjoy working outside in, in the other non-Bollywood space also. You mentioned a cougar. I have to ask you this, right? Can older women be sexy and how? It's nothing. It's really, you know, I have always felt being sexy is something innate, it's not wearing a certain kind of clothes. I mean, that might enhance it. But you're innately sexy or you're not. So it, it's just something you're, you're born with. And, and secondly, it's an attitude. Mm. More than mm. anything else, it's not hot pants and it's not showing a lot of cleavage. It's, it's just an attitude. Uh, Lillette, I have to say, I totally agree with you. It's then. called the burden <laughs> of beauty. We carry it well. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very, yeah, very much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. The magical, the wonderful Lillette Doobie. Wow, you heard it here. You can be super sexy at any age. That's what we're always telling you, you beautiful listeners. And it's not just the growing age of a Bollywood star that can be a problem, but we wanted to discover if prejudice is present in various ways. Who else will help explore the Bollywood world but friend of the show, Miss Malney, the celebrity lifestyle blogger who knows all you need to know about that celebrity world. Miss Malney, how are you? Happy Holi. Happy Holi, I'm very well. I'm recovering from a big Bollywood Holi party yesterday with everyone from Varun Kavan to Siddharth Mota. So it was a really good time. And were you playing with colours? Were you soaked through? 
I was, and they had rain showers in the works, so we had a big, fat Bollywood holy party. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Now, um, on the show, we've been talking about the pressures of Bollywood. Um, from right. um, you know, Lilette Doobie was talking about how um, uh, it is a man's world, uh, even in terms of the elder characters, um, and we've been talking about the way people have to look when, in terms of surgery. Now, um, how do you feel Bollywood compares to Hollywood in terms of reflecting diversity? There's a couple of things here, and I had my team sort of brainstorm on this, and we came up with the fact that, you know, Bollywood of late has stepped up its game in terms of storyline, even though the majority of films, as you know, are very massy and they're low on content in terms of quality and thought. But now, as you see, there are some good films like, you know, PK with a strong message or, you know, female imagery like a Mary Com, and they've both been very successful. And, and of course, everyone's been talking about how Queen was a first-of-its-kind, female-centric, mm. coming-of-age sort of chick flick, and not in the Mother India way. Like, don't get me wrong, I love Mother India, but mm. if you notice a lot of female-centric movies, they're always about the downtrodden, repressed survivor female who then either goes on this, you know, revenge fantasy or rampage uh, against what's happened to her, but it's always, it's never really a upbeat, shiny, happy situation. Uh, she's always a Poolan Devi or Gulab Gang or Zakhmi Orit, right? <laughs> But now you're seeing a lot more of these new age sort of films. Uh, and, you know, when you're comparing it to Hollywood, let's not pretend that big women in Hollywood have it that easy. You know, as talented as she is, Melissa McCarthy couldn't find a designer uh, to dress her for an award ceremony because her body isn't the right fit, you know. And Jennifer Hudson's weight loss got more acclaimed than her jaw-dropping performance in Dreamgirls. Rebel Wilson also plays uh, the fat, funny chick every time, you know. Um, so it's it's the way it's it's not so much the diversity and representation. It's it's just the representation. Uh, they you know they make weight the focal point. So I don't know if that's really showing it in the right way. So Miss Melanie, do you think Bollywood is, uh, is supporting older actors and actresses, or should they support them more? Of course they should, absolutely. And, you know, we have such amazing talent. Look at Sri Devi. There's even, where have they gone? Manisha Koirala, Pooja Bhatt, Tabu, they're amazing. And we've seen, you know, Tabu has done so many films and, uh, at an older age as well. But you don't see everyone else, you know. And there's even stage actresses and veterans like Lilette Dubek, Kiru Gudwani, Shabana Azmi, of course. And there's so much. And I think that um, they could bring so much with their potential as actresses and as, you know, very seasoned actresses and talent. Similar to actresses like Susan Sarandon, for example, or Meryl Streep, or Dame Judi Dench, you know? Um, I, like you saw, she made this amazing comeback of English for English, and everyone loved her in it, right? Mm. Now, more actresses and actors, older actors, still get a lot of work and, you know, pass off playing roles scarily half their age, you know, still running around trees. But the same is not, it's not the same for women, you know? And while actors can go on and play lead roles, actresses have a shelf life, as they call it here, and no one will bat an eyelid of, at a 45-plus-year-old man playing a guy in their 20s running around. Uh, but that doesn't happen for, for women. And I think support for older actresses would come naturally if we had more diversity in our characters. You know, somebody would let them play their age so it doesn't seem out of fit. But uh, do you believe... Support them in a way that will really, hmm. uh, you know, say that, that aging is natural and we shouldn't, you know, pretend like it doesn't happen and the, the actresses then disappear off the planet because they're a bit older. But do you believe, like, society or, let's say, the media are to blame for younger people feeling pressures to look a certain way? You know, that's one way of looking at things, and there's also some truth to it. But accountability has always been an issue, right? So the media and society pressure young citizens with content and more policing and lightning speed, and uh, it's never really balanced with substantial direction. So with the world spinning so fast and so many movies being churned out, we need to curate and educate our audiences, especially the young audiences, 
in a way that, you know, impresses them and doesn't threaten them or dampen their spirit, but also give them the information so, you know, they, they know what to do with it. And it should come also from the audience, it's not always the media or, you know, the, the people to blame because you're, you sort of, you know, you create a, a demand, you create a need and that's what you get. But it's a cycle, right? So celebrities mm-hmm. feel the need to look a certain way because the public slams them if they don't. And then the public has unrealistic beauty standards because they see celebrities looking a certain way in films and media. And again, the cycle can only start to break when there's more diversity again and when it looks normal and people look what they look like they look like in real life. Now, even if we have someone slightly heavier in a movie, they've been always cast for a comic relief. And that's kind of sad, right? Because references or jokes are made about their weight. And that makes it look like their weight is a very big deal instead of something that just happens to be. And because society and media influences our perception, even when we don't realize it, the portrayal of women in media and society does add to the pressure of looking a certain way. And more realistic portrayal will be a welcome change in terms of weight, size, color, hair texture, all of that. And darling, what about yourself? You know, have you experienced any prejudice regarding your image on your journey within the media? You know, I can't think of an overwhelming instance, but I've probably grown up, you know, dealing with the same prejudices most Indian kids deal with who Mm. aren't fair and lovely. You know, (laughs) I remember older relatives commenting on how dark I became after I lived in West Africa for four years and or I received like an odd backhanded compliment or insult as a teen. And I'll never forget this one. I remember... Uh, my Maya Mossy once said, and I'm calling her out now, she said, you look so nice, beta, pele, kitni sukri si kali si hoti thi. And that literally, you know, means you used to be so black and skinny. And that's frightening, right? And it's a true story. But work-wise, I feel like looking like a real person has been in my favor. You know, people look at me as a real person, as a blogger. And so a great example is when I post a picture, like my outfit of the day on Instagram, some people will message and say, oh, what's your height? And I'll say five, three and a half. And they'll be like, oh, great, I'm around that height. Maybe I can carry off that job. But it must be something subconscious that I'm still pointing out that 0.5, that three and a half. Mm-hmm. I always add that half and whatever I can do, right? But also things like, you know, I can honestly, I had, you know, bad acne and proactively changed and really helped my skin, but it's not something, something someone's paying me to say, you know? Mm-hmm. I genuinely suffered from acne and it really helped. But I definitely felt it depends on what your career is. Right? As a blogger, it hasn't come in my way, but I remember auditioning as a, a VJ at Channel V many years ago. And much to my surprise, my screen test was done in a swimming pool wearing a bikini. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember the, the, the guy who auditioned me said, you have a great gift for gab, and he didn't say anything else after that. And it was ironically me and Carol Gracious as a model, but neither of us got the gig. So <laughs> I guess there's some, something to say about that. But I found that kind of interesting that that was the audition. Miss um, Marley, uh, I mean, you know, if you think about uh, the Bollywood stars, well, which Bollywood star do you think gives the healthiest message in terms of body image now? You know, I have to say you have to applaud Priyanka Chopra, Sinatra Sina. They've done a lot, right? So mm. it's how they choose their films. Um, and even Diana Torres, if you've seen her on Big Boss, you know, she represents a different image and individuality. She shaves mm. her head, you know, mm. something women don't do unless you're sick. Priyanka Chopra worked out for six months to look like the way she did it at Mary Kong. You know, Sinakshi Sinha isn't super skinny, right? But she works out, she's getting fit, but she's never, she said quite outright that I'm never going to be a skinny girl, you know? Huma Qureshi is uh, fabulous at not conforming to typical Bollywood standards. Uh, if you see the movie Dam Lagake Haisha, it was all about that as well, right? Indeed. Like a heavier girl. Uh, Sarah Kapoor also, interestingly, makes it a point to say that she wants young people to know that Nobody ever looks like they do in movies in real life. And she said it takes an army of people. She told me this 
on my TV show. That takes an army of stylists and hairdressers and makeup artists, and that's not achievable in real life. Um, and I think that's amazing, and it's important for people to know that so they don't look at magazines and say, why, why can't I look like that? Because there is a whole you know, machinery behind that. Um, and it's really important that we stress the message of fit, not skinny. You know? Well, Miss Marley, can I just say thank you very much for sharing your opinions with us. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much, and I, I love that you're talking about this stuff. I'm going to blog about it now. And as it's been such a hot topic, we thought it was only right we ask you guys exactly what you think about that all-important Bollywood image. As soon as a movie comes out and has my favourite actor, I want to go get the same clothes, do the same hairstyle, but then at the end of the day, it's not really all about that, I guess, so we need to have a different perspective of how actors should look. Why do you go to uh, uh, cinema halls? Do you like to see all these actors and actors and you aspire to be as good looking as them? I suppose they have a load of stylists around them and everything and I think in everyday life they probably don't look like they do on screen so I think no, I think everyone should be happy in their own skin. When you see a Bollywood romantic film it's always young, slim, pretty woman but I think over 45 I think that would be really nice and different actually. I think Bollywood stars physically are actually very appealing especially um, the men but obviously the kind of training that they go for go through and the time that they spend preparing is unrealistic for people in the general public because we have other, we have other things to do you know our jobs are nine to five and that sort of thing so I probably wouldn't aspire to look like Bollywood actors no you just don't feel good about yourself if you don't see people looking like you in the media so it'd be great to have not as attractive people because it's not realistic either they go through hours of makeup and that's not an everyday person I think Bollywood, compared to Hollywood, um, reflects diversity quite badly. I think it's always kind of the same sort of characters um, and the same sort of stories. I mean, someone from a position of a higher power and someone like of a lower power come together. Um, and in the ending, is always a happy one. So diversity is actually quite low in Bollywood films, I'd say. Would I like to see a love story with all the characters? Yes, probably. Yes. Being nearly 50, yes, I think I would like to see a bit of romance in sort of the, amongst young people. Yes, I do. Well, if somebody's not very attractive, uh, we have seen in the past Nasiruddin Shah, but he's a fantastic actor, so why not? I, I think acting uh, and looks are two different things. And I think people go for the, in movie uh, theatre halls to see the acting. And I guess uh, even looks count, but I guess uh, I, I don't mind seeing an actor or actress uh, who, who doesn't look all that uh, handsome or beautiful. I would like to watch a love story of people over the age 45 because most love stories are of young people in their early 20s. So again, it would be nice to see that as well. I want someone young love stories. I like young love stories, not the old ones. I think that's really romantic and sweet to have a character over 45 to be in a love film. That'd be really nice. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see people who are 45 and above and if they have some chemistry, uh, it'll be brilliant. Why not? I think it would be good to have an overweight male or female because that's good for representation. We don't often see in the media, so it'd be good for people to be represented in that way. I wouldn't mind seeing an overweight leading man or a leading lady because obviously nowadays people aren't like stick insects, they're not a size zero. So I think, you know, in reality, we need to have normal people on, on the TV. I would be happy to have an overweight man or woman in a Bollywood film. I think that would be really good actually. I think um, they'll add the comedy section to it. But yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. It's happening a lot within English cinema now as well. I mean, the all, like, all over 50s films, like feel-good films are starting to come through. Why can't that happen in Bollywood? That's it from us this week. Remember to catch us next week from 10am on Saturday. 
If you missed anything, it's all available online at bbc.co.uk slash Asian Network. Until then, stay safe and keep Bollywood loving. Thank you for downloading from BBC Asian Network. For more downloads, including Tommy Sandu's Best Bits, the official Asian download chart and Asian Network reports, log on to the BBC Asian Network website.